For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Oh, God. 
in this fire. I'm blessed in this mess. I'm blessed in this craziness. I'm blessed in this storm. How you know? It didn't burn me. It didn't destroy me. It didn't take me down. I'm still here.
let me prove to you what makes the counsel of the ungodly what it is. When it says not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, it's not just talking about not to listen to people who aren't living right. It's talking about receiving counsel from people that doesn't line up with your purpose. Let me prove it to you. Peter was trying to protect Jesus from being crucified. He was ready to fight to protect Jesus from going to the cross. Judas had sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. Peter was trying to save Jesus' life. Jesus calls Judas his friend. Jesus calls Judas his friend because what Judas did escalated his purpose. Jesus called Peter, get me behind me, Satan. Even though you're doing a good thing and it feels good to you, it is the counsel of the ungodly because what you're trying to do does not line me up with my purpose. So stop telling me what you would do if you were me. You are not me. You could mean well and steer me wrong. For this season in my life, the grace over my life must be guarded. You end up walking in the council of the ungodly because the ungodly are often walking in the robe of friendship. I'm going to say it again. The ungodly are often walking in the robe of friendship. They mean well. They're trying to save you from something that God is trying to take you into because God doesn't just use good things to bless you. God often uses storms to bless you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? You, sometimes you don't need to be comforted. Sometimes you don't need somebody to work it out. Sometimes you don't need anybody to protect you. Sometimes you just got to get on in the fire and say, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. Still to come on the Potter's Touch. Just because you're under attack doesn't mean it's not yours. Just because all hell is breaking loose doesn't mean it's not yours. If you're going to be victorious in 2016, you better hear me real good. God said he's given you things that don't even look like they're yours. There's going to be all kind of enemies gathered around us trying to convince you that it's not yours. But the devil is a liar. God said, stand your ground. Brothers and sisters, I wanted you to hear directly from me how important this opportunity is. I I need your prayers for the next 21 days. I'm asking all of my partners, all of my friends, believers all over the country and around the world for 21 days to join me in fervent, effective prayer that God could use this opportunity in a powerful way. The fact that God has opened up a door for me to have a daytime talk show through secular media to reach around the world to people who don't watch Christian television is indeed a privilege, but it is also a responsibility. And I want you praying for me as I embark on this journey. He didn't just tell us to tell people to come to church. He told us to go into all the world. Well, here I go, and I want you to go with me. 
And together, we can do this. Let's do it. God said, I don't want you to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I don't want you to stand in the way of sinners. I don't want your weakness to be something the devil uses for other people to trip over. Oh, I lost him on that, Jesus. I don't want you to stand in the way of sinners. Look at somebody say, it's time to clean it up. Your lifestyle, your character, your tongue, your mood, it's time to clean it up. Some of the reasons your children find it, some of the reasons you're having a difficult time getting your children to be saved is because they saw too much out of you. The reason the pastor has lost his influence with them because the kids heard you talking about it. Now they're in trouble. You want the man of God to pray for him. The kid is confused because they heard you on the phone saying that he was slick and he wasn't no good. But now they're in jail and you want the slick preacher to come down and pray for him. Your habits are standing in the way of sinners. you got to be more disciplined than that. Look at somebody say, guard that thing, guard that thing, guard that thing. And then he says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He said, if you want to be blessed, you can't be bitter. You can't be full of scorn. Full of scorn. Negative, 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 negative. Whenever I get on something like this, everybody shouts as if it's not them. If you're the one who always throws the bitterness into the conversation, brings up the past, goes back to yesterday, you're the one who always rains on a positive moment, you are scornful. You are full of scorn. You have become bitter. But you got to release that thing tonight. It cannot go into 2016 with you. Whatever you got to do, whoever you got to forgive, whatever you got to climb over, for where God's getting ready to take you, you can't afford to be bitter. You can't afford to be scornful. You can't afford to get even. You can't afford to get back at them. Just tell the devil, it ain't worth it. It ain't even worth it. It ain't even worth it. Don't even worry about it. It's all good. It's all good. Somebody just wipe your hands like this. Say it ain't worth it. I gotta wash my hands. I gotta wash my hands. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It's not worth it. Listen, this is a man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, no standards in the way of sinners, no sinner in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law that he meditate day and night. And then he says, and he shall be like a tree planted. I got to give this into you. He says, for what I'm getting ready to do in your life, you must be grounded. You got to stop trying this and then trying that and then trying the other and then trying this over here and trying this over here. And then if that don't work in three months, I'm going to try this over here. Your moving around is canceling your blessing. The Lord told me to tell you, I'm going to tell you whether you get it or not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You're going to have to be grounded. You're going to have to be grounded in your faith. 
grounded in your Christian behavior, grounded in the Word of God, you're going to have to be grounded. Tell somebody, say, you got to be grounded. You're coming into a season that you got to just stand there and be grounded. You can't get out of it just because it rains. You can't get out of it just because it snows. You got to be grounded. Good times, bad times, winter, spring, summer, or fall. You got to say, God put me here and I'm not moving anywhere. In fact, you're going to get the victory just through being grounded. In fact, you're going to put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. You're going to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and it's going to look like you're getting ready to go somewhere. But God says, you're not going anywhere. You're going to need the whole armor just to be able to stand. And having done all the stand, just stand there. I got on all this just so I can stand. Though the storms keep raging in my life, I'm going to stand. Though I'm going through hell and high water, I'm going to stand. I got my sword so I can stand. I got my shield so I can stand. I put on my helmet so I can stand. I got all dressed up to tell the devil, you can't have my house. You can't have my children. You can't have my life. You can't have my peace. I'm grounded. If you're grounded, give God a praise right now.
put that scripture there. It's my, it's my feet are planted. In the courts of our God. Oh my God, they don't hear me. If you're planted, you're going to flourish. If you're grounded, you're going to grow. If you just stand still, God's going to make it happen. Shake your name and say, be still. Just by, just by being grounded, just by being grounded. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Just be grounded. Look at somebody say, just be grounded. Now look at this. I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished because I'm just starting into it. But I'm almost finished with what I'm going to give you tonight. The enemy is trying to fight you off of your ground. He's after your ground. When the Bible says neither give place to the devil, it literally means neither give territory to the devil. It literally means stand your ground. He's after your ground. That means on the deed is yours. Oh my God, the deed says it's yours. Listen to what God told the children of Israel. I have given you the land to possess it. Now, if you've given me the land, why do I have to possess it? God said, I have, I have decreed it to you on the deed. It is yours in heaven. You will have to take it in the earth realm. And the reason you're going to be able to take it in the earth realm is because it's yours in the heavenly. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying to you. Get your face over it. Run over to somebody and tell them, girl, it's already mine. It's already mine. It's already mine. The devil don't know it, but it's already mine. 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 And the enemy is after your ground. Stand your ground. That's your son. Stand your ground. That's your wife. Stand your ground. That's your business. Stand your ground. That's your promise. Just because you got conflict doesn't mean it's not yours. Just because you got trouble with it doesn't mean it's not yours. Just because you're under attack doesn't mean it's not yours. Just because all hell is breaking loose doesn't mean it's not yours. If you're going to be victorious in 2016, you better hear me real good. God said he's given you things that don't even look like they're yours. There's going to be all kind of enemies gathered around this trying to convince you that it's not yours. But the devil is a liar. God said, stand your ground. Slap somebody and say, stand your ground. Let's confess and say, neighbor, I got the grace to be grounded. The enemy tried to shake me. My emotions tried to shake me. My fear tried to shake me. But I got the grace to be grounded. 2016 is my year to possess the land, to possess the promises of God, to possess my blessing. I wish I had somebody with faith in this place. Open up your mouth and give God a 
Listen, regardless of what you are going through, God wants you to stand your ground. There is a grace that God has given you, and it's grace to be grounded. God's grace over your life means you are blessed. Being blessed is not a reflection of your condition, but it is a reflection of your position. Never forget you are a child of the King. This is your season and your fruit. I appreciate every one of you joining my global partner system. Together we are taking the gospel around the world. If you are not a partner, join hands with us today. Become a part of our global family. We are making a difference. God wants to give you the grace to be grounded in every aspect of your life. You are a limited resource, and some of you are worn out now because you are too many things to too many people. you got to bring your circle down for where God is getting ready to take you to. For your gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive Grounded in Faith on CD from Bishop Jake's mind-renewing series, Grace to be Grounded. He thinks he did something because he knocked you down to your knees. But you just knocked me down to my ground level. And when your gift is $110 or more, you'll receive Grace to be Grounded in its entirety on seven CDs. Your very own walk through the Grace to be Grounded series with Bishop Jake's 28-day devotional and unique Grace to be Grounded art desk display. There's going to be all kind of enemies gathered around us trying to convince you that it's not yours. God said, have your ground. Don't be stuck in infertile territory. Get the Grace to be Grounded. part of my life as a believer in this country is related to my faith. Who is on the ballot? And of those two people or three people on the ballot, who represents where the Lord is leading you in your faith, which is real, in the direction you want to vote? And by all means, go vote. Make the pledge to vote. Visit MyFaithVotes.com today. Let prayer and meditation lead your journey. Reflections daily on Daystar. Did you know that making a donation to Daystar could help reduce your taxes? And what you donate is up to you. Whether you want to give cash or non-cash items, such as a vehicle, house, oil and gas lease, stocks and bonds, or other valuable items, your donations are deductible. Now is the time to sow a seed into this dynamic ministry and help Daystar reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. To donate or get more information, call, log on, or email gifts at daystar.com. Today's generation makes Daystar their home for faith television. Daystar, experience it. The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. 
Next, during these seemingly dark days, Pastor Jack Graham calls Christians to stand strong against our true enemy, knowing that we have powerful help from heaven. Look, we're not in this battle alone. Sometimes I know it feels like we're alone. Sometimes it feels like we're a minority. But we are not a minority. We've got God Almighty and His mighty angels to work with us. This is spiritual warfare, ultimately. And the angels are engaged in spiritual warfare in battles unseen. I've been talking to Pastor Jack Graham. You like this pastor that's been here from Prestonwood Church? Jack, we just, we just literally just went through two programs together. And I'm trying to let our audience know that we're continuing because I felt like both of us had something to say of value to the nation and to the church. Would you agree it's with time to speak? And do you think that the things we said could be really not only inspirational but perhaps motivational? I pray so. Not not only to, to, to just the nation but to pastors and churches and church leaders. This is a time for us to wake up and to stand up as never before. Well, you have written the book Angels. I've written the book The Stream where I've just tried to download my heart and I thought the heart of God. And I think at a very important time you wrote this book Angels, which we're going to make available. It's in the bookstores. You can get it online. But we'll actually to give it to you along with the stream if you'll just help us give a cup of water. So, so Jack, in a, in a time when we need comfort, I really believe the angels will stand with us. You know, in some of those battle scenes in the Old Testament, they could see this host of angelic yeah. beings and, now you're and the fear just went. Well, yeah. It's like when, when, when Elisha uh, and his servant, <laughs> they were about to be taken under by uh, an, an army, an, uh, a, a terrible army, a fierce army against them. Uh, they were far outnumbered. They were way outnumbered. <laughs> Elisha said, open his eyes. Let him see. And he opened his eyes, and this angelic force was all around him. And so, look, we're not in this battle alone. Sometimes I know it feels like we're alone. Sometimes it feels like we're a minority. But we are not a minority. We've got God Almighty and his mighty angels to work with us. Yeah, God in one. And spiritual warfare. This is spiritual warfare, ultimately. And the angels are engaged in spiritual warfare in battles unseen. Do you think, Betty, what Jack and I shared, which we're going to continue, we were going at it. How important to our viewers to hear not only what two men said, I think with a broken heart, but did did you hear what you thought was actually God's heart as we were Absolutely. talking? Absolutely. And I think in the state that our world is in today, as Christians, it's our responsibility to be informed about what's going on. We've kept our head in the sand too long, mm -hmm. saying that's not what we do. That's not what we do. If you live every day, you live and we are affected about what's going on in this world. You can't get away from it. And as Christians, we need to take the principles that we say we stand on and we believe, and we need to act on them. Mm -hmm. we've, we've let everything else come over us, and we've been, we've been like it, like, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to affect us. We're going to see Jesus someday. Well, we have a responsibility also to be an example of Jesus and to be a witness for him. And God has some children out there that he loves 
that he wants to come to know him. And that's our responsibility as Christians is to reach out and love them and bring them into the fold of the Lord Jesus. You know what you were referring to, Betty, by the Christians, by us not being that salt that preserves Mm -hmm. the precious. Jesus said if it doesn't have its effect, its intended effect, its designed, destined, commissioned effect, to preserve and protect the precious, enhance all of life. It's good for nothing. Now think about this, good for nothing to be cast aside and trampled under the feet of men. That means the precious, marriage, family, morality, freedom, it's being trampled under the feet of men who do not care about the things of God. That's what we were talking about, and we're going to continue. So we're just going to catch up where we heard us a little earlier in the week. Now we continue with Jack Graham. Here's one of the problems with the church and Christians. We have gotten used to the darkness. Yeah. It's when you go to one of these restaurants you go into now, and you know, you can't see, and, but finally your eyes adjust, uh, and, and, and you, you can actually read the menu. You, you, your eyes adjust to the darkness. And in many ways, Christians have have adjusted to the darkness around us, and we're we're compromised at many levels. And 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 when we're compromised, we're not courageous, Betty. We're not bold because we we have uh, we've sold out. And so it's time for the, for the church. And and to me, it's got to start with pastors and church leaders who, who are willing. To, to take that stand, to boldly stand in front of their people with truth and grace. I mean, Jesus came with truth and grace, and, 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 and we're not going to be just shaking our fist at people, but we're going to opening our hearts and opening our hands because when you talked about, I mean, the world's our mission field. Sure, the people are, that are confused, we don't make fun of them. We want to help them. They are broken. And, and look, the world doesn't like care about them. The world is just using people. I mean, uh, this whole thing about transgender bathrooms. I believe deception is prevailing. The whole thing about transgender bathrooms, for example, that's not even the issue. But someone is, and and we know who that someone is. In in Dallas, we're cowboy fans. We used to have a team we could really cheer for. Uh, I'm still hanging in there. But but most of the nation still likes the cowboy cheerleaders. What do you think about a whole bunch of men walking in the cowboy cheerleaders locker room singing, I feel like a woman? Download the free Stingray Music mobile app. 
You got a copy on me, Big Ben? Come on. Oh, uh, yeah, 10-4, Big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to Flagtown. Come on. Yeah, it's a big 10-4 there, Big Ben. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we got us a convoy. the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is heading for Bear on I-10 about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Big Ben, this here's a rubber duck and I'm about to put the hammer down. Lord God, to make it throughout the day. 
Lord God, we thank you, O oh God, for this opportunity to fellowship, Lord God, with brothers and sisters on this prayer call. We pray, O oh Heavenly Father, that you would breathe on us right now, Lord God. Breathe life into our situations, Lord God. We ask you, the Lord God, to just keep your hands of protection over us and cover us, Lord God, as we minister to one another, Lord God, what thus so says you would it has placed in our hearts. Father God, we ask that you will bind the attack of the enemy in anything, oh God, anything that is not of you, Lord God. We ask you to cast it back to the pits of hell from which it come, Lord God. Father God, we just thank you for this renew, renewing of our faith, Lord God. We thank you for, Lord God, for allowing us to commune together, Lord God, and to sup with you and to speak with you, Lord God, and lay our cares before you, knowing that all of our prayers that we sit before you, Lord God, you're going to answer them in your appointed time. Father God, we just praise you, Lord God, for life everlasting, Lord God, in the heavens, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you'll forgive us of all of our shortcomings, all of our unrighteousness, Lord God. We ask that you cleanse us up right now and purge us, Lord God, from those sinful and evil ways, Lord God. Father God, we ask you to restore us into the rightful place that you have for us ordained for us to be, Lord God. And that is in your dwelling place, Lord God. Let us continue to dwell in the top in, in tabernacle under the shadow of your almighty wings, Lord God. We ask, Father God, that you will bind up the attack of the enemy or anything that is not worth like you, Lord God, to cast it back to the pits of hell, Lord God. Anything that try to distract us and keep our eyes from seeking you and your will and your way and your covering, Lord God, and your guidance and directions, we ask you to take it away from us right now, Lord God. Father God, we ask you to breathe into life into our situations. Breathe life into our finances. Breathe life into our homes, Lord God. Breathe life into breathe life into this earth, Lord God, into your people who are called by your name, Lord God, that, that we can continue to just dwell in the, in, in the shadow of your almighty ways. Father God, I just thank you, Lord God, for hearing the prayers that have been answered, Lord God, for my friend Clarence Dudley, Lord God, when the doctor told him that they probably had bone cancer, Father God. He gave a testimony on yesterday, Lord God, that the doctor said, we don't understand. The cancer is gone, but we see that there, there's a cyst on your spine. But, Father God, we ask you to speak to that cyst right now and cause it to cease and assist, Lord God, because it cannot take dominion over his body. Father God, we even lift up Dr. Barbara Allen, Lord God, even as she's going through her issues of blood. When she went to the hospital, Lord God, the doctor sent her home, and she went upstairs to get on the, trap, on the lift, Lord God. You know the situation, how the blood spewed for her body and just covered her floors. Father God, but we still ask to know that you are healing, Lord God. Father God, we know that you are a redeemer. You're the one who restored. You're the one who created us, Lord God, from the foundation of the earth. So we ask you, Lord God, to speak like Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you will even be with minister Roberta Stevenson, Lord God, and speak to her situation, even as the doctor's getting ready to go into her back, Lord God. She's had numerous number of surgeries, Lord God, on her neck and her spine, Father God, and we ask you to be with all those who will be performing the surgery for she and Dr. Allen and caring for Clarence and the many other sick among this land. We pray for healing all over this land and country, Lord God. Heal us of all, even of our backsliding ways. Touch, Lord God, and restore your people 
people, Lord God, so they can be strengthened with you. For we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength, Lord God. And so let us be able to turn away from those things not of you, Lord God. Let us resist the devil, and he shall flee, Lord God. We just ask you to bind up the tack of the light of, of the hand that's over Robert Moore's life. Lord God, even as he's struggling with his addictions, Lord God, that he could be blessed, Lord God, and restored, Lord, and free from those sins, Lord God. He's held captive right now, but Father God, we know that you're the one who set us free. For whom the Son set free, Lord God, he's free indeed. That means that he don't have to go back to those addictions of which he's addicted to, Lord God. And Father God, we even speak those things over our lives, because we all have addiction to something, Lord God, whether it's to the flesh or whether it's to cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, or whether it's the love of money, Father God. Set us free from those addictions that have us bound and have us distracted from your will and your way. Father God, I ask you to continue to bless my sister Lisa, Lord God, as she is open up our school, Lord God. Let it flourish, Lord God, and let the children be educated and receive the knowledge of what she has to instruct for them. Father God, I lift up Sam right now, Lord God, that you will awaken his spirit, Lord God, and cause him to come before you, Lord God, into your throne room, Lord God, so that he can minister, Lord God, and be a servant of yours, Lord God, and serve as only you have called him to be. All those who are calling this call, Lord God, let them come, Lord God, praying Lord God, with expectancy, knowing that you're going to move, Lord God, in their situations. Lord God, cover us throughout this day. Father God, I ask you to bind up the tech of the enemy, anything that may be on my job, Lord God, whether it's through the students, whether it's through my co-workers or the administrators or the parents, Father God. Anything that was trying to hinder me or distract me, Lord God, I ask you, Lord God, that your presence be forever there, and they will recognize that I'm a child of the most high God, Lord God, and they will have to cease because they see you, your light shining upon us. Let us be a light unto this dark world, Lord God, so they can see the, the covering, the, uh, uh, see the directions of which you have for us, for us to travel, Lord God. Let us walk not according to our own way, but uh, seek you first and foremost and walk according to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you will be with those who are unsaved, Lord God, that their lives will be turned over to you, Lord God, and they will confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they will receive the healing, Lord God, that only you could give. You will heal them for all manner of sickness and the disease. You will heal them in their financial areas. You will heal them in their faith, Lord God, and let them know that they are worshiping the most high God, and for they, because you cares for us all, those whom, the, who, whom you love, Lord God, you chastise us, Lord God, so let us not shun your chastisement, Lord God, but let us be strengthened and grow and become renewed within you, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Anybody else got anything? Mm-hmm. No more Conway. Conway. Randy to go say she 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 to go say to go say she 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 to go say 
Boron Rico Sanda Shishirkumbukosa. Boron Rico Sishirkumba. Holy Spirit, Brombrandi Rico Sishirkumbusandaka. Yes, Father God, Yerukumbose Shanda Rico Saka. Shirukose Shanda Rico Sada. Shadaro Kumbesi Rukovaka Shadaro Kose Deke Rombrandi Rukosaka Honda Rukosete de Rukosanda Rombosi Rukoseshi 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 Rukoseke Harambaka Shirukose 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 Yes 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 Father Haram Brandi Rukoseke, Haram Brandi Rukosaka, Haram Brandi Rukoseke, Shandi Rukopraka, Sandi Rukoseke, Shandi Rukosakranda Kaka, Haram Brandi Rukoseshi 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 Haram Brandi Rukoseke Yes, 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 Father, we praise your name. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving. Thank you, Father God, for moving. The power of God, the anointing of Christ. Strengthen us, Lord. Take us to where you desire us to go, Father. Let the word of God come forward as you enter into our situations, our circumstances. Let the anointing of Christ come forth as you direct our path. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Continue to bless us. Continue to increase in us. Thank you, Father God. Yada Kumbrasa. Let the word of God come forth. Hmm. Harambashi to go say, she'll go yes, 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 Father. Brandy to go sakasa deke. Brandy to go sandeke sandaka. Brandy to go say, she deke. Yes, Father God. Help us to walk in the fullness of what you've called us to do. Yes, Father God. Help us to rise up and become the men and women of God you call us to be. Yes, Holy Spirit. We praise your name. Yes, Holy Spirit. We glorify you. Yandir Gosakan Rasir Gosay, Shirgosay, 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 Shirgos
Enter in, Father. Enter in. Help us, Holy Spirit. Mm. Enter in. Help us, Holy Spirit. Enter in. Yes, Lord, yender kosakaha. As the anointing comes forth, Lord, help us to flow. As the anointing comes forth, Father God, help us to flow in you, Lord. Bless us, keep us, increase in us. We thank you, Father. As you call our health, a healing, a restoration, and empowerment to come forth now. Your grace, your mercy, your favor, as it comes forth now, Lord. Teach us to walk in you, not in our strength, not in our ability, but in your grace, your mercy, and your favor, Father. Help us, God. We need you. Help us, Daddy God. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. Thank you, Father, as you continue to bless, anoint, and keep us. In Jesus' name I pray, man. And amen. All right, anybody got anything? All righty then, I guess it's time to do the list. So I guess I need to go upstairs and get them. I guess you need to hold on. Hold on, change is coming. Oh. 
Cat, what do you want? I'm lying in the middle of the floor. Yep. How are you? I'm good. All I hear is ding, 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 ding. Hang on a second. Mm mm. I don't want to. Hello? Alright. I'm here. I'm just trying to... I'm carrying boxes and stuff. So I need to put you on mute for a second. Balancing it on your head. Yes, that means no. Lord.
Stingray Music, all good vibes.
Smile, happy, happy, joy, joy. I'm about to change phones. Goodbye. Oh my God, what is that? This sounds so familiar. Wow. We used to, you know, Pokemon. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I remember back in the day, because that sounded familiar. When it came out the first time. That's cool, man. That's cool. That's cool. Because as soon as I heard it, I'm like, wait a minute, I know that. I know that phrase. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, y'all talking or y'all want to do this? It's up to you. I got to roll, so make a, make a decision. What you want to do, huh? Talk to me now. I need to know. What? You're doing too much. What do you think? Well, if not, I'm about to do the list. Okay, I guess okay. that means I'm about to do the list. Okay.
under the special of the special of the Saraka, Yaraka, 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 Nancy Brewer, Hushiro, the special of 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 the special
here. I should go fish, should go fish, should go fish, should go fish, should go burger. Push you to go fish, should go fish, you go. Push you to go fish, should go fish, should go fish, should go fish, should go burger. Push you to go fish, should go fish, should go burger. From Brockton, should go fish, should go fish, Kim Devon. I do not feel like being in that traffic. I guess. Kim Devon, how do I end up with My Tamika, Thank you. 
Okay, what I gotta do? I gotta do uh Rose in the hospital, yeah, community share the go to go sandaka, fire to go around the go station to go station to go saraka, or umbrand go station to go station to go station to go station to go saraka. Rambrani go station, go station, go station, go Saraka, Yeraka, Sakara. Wajin, station, go 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 Saraka, Pachi, go Sakara. Reginald Falls, Rambrani go station, go station, go station, go station, go station, go Saraka, Rambrani go station, go station, go station, go Randaka, Rambrani go station, go station, go Randaka,
Knowledge, wisdom, understanding.
The word says we are heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ. You and I have been given the key of the kingdom. Listen, there's a shaking in the land. It's unveiling God's plan by the spirit of revelation and divine orchestration. God has blessed me indeed. Yes, I am kingdom seed. Thank <laughs> you. 
You're listening to Stingray Music. Yeah, I 
Download the free Stingray Music mobile app.
Father God, we praise your name, Yadadokosaka. Help us to understand how you're moving in our lives, Help us to understand that it's only by your grace and your mercy. Help us to understand, Father God, that we need you. We can't make it without you, Father. Holy Spirit, come forth and move. Holy Spirit, come forth and do that which you call that you desire to do. Help us, Lord, as you touch our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Okay, becoming his friend. God say I am God's friend. I you can say God is my friend because that would be true. But it is presumptuous to call yourself a friend of God. That is for God to decide. He says who his friends are. Thus you never see anyone in scripture claiming to be God's friend. Abraham did not call himself a friend of God. It was God who said that Abraham was his friend. Hmm. Abraham was called the friend of God, James 2 and 23. He wasn't a man of vision. 
He was a man to whom God chose to reveal his purposes. God determined that he could confide in Abraham. This is seen so clearly in the following passage, Genesis 18 and 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the man turned away from there and went towards Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. Notice the two qualities of spiritual fatherhood, friendship with God in this passage. God chose to confide his purposes to Abraham, and God said, For I have known him. Abraham knew God, and God knew him. As Abraham grew in knowledge of God and God's purposes, he eventually came to the place where he is able to pass the ultimate test of friendship. God needed someone who would prophetically demonstrate many centuries beforehand the eventual death and resurrection of his son. It is as though God said, I need someone who will be so surrendered to my purposes that he will obey me even to the point of raising a knife over his only son. In so doing, I will be an object le- in so doing he will be an object lesson to show how I will kill my only begotten son. This will require a very extraordinary man, a man who has come to into true spiritual fatherhood. If such a man were to be found, he would truly be my friend. When God finally made his ultimate request to Abraham, Abraham didn't pause for a moment, but immediately rose up and took his son on a three-day journey to the place where he would offer Isaac as a sacrifice to God. When God saw Abraham's implicit obedience, he said, Now here is a friend of mine. All of us owe our relationship with God to the fact that long ago, a man named Abraham became God's friend. Abraham is our spiritual father. And we're his spiritual inheritors. God, mm. yes, Lord. Father, did it Yes. All of us owe our relationship with God to the fact that long ago, a man named Abraham became God's friend. Abraham is our spiritual God, Father, and we are his spiritual inheritors. God has a great heritage reserved for his friends. When you look at the amazing promises that God gave to Abraham, you realize that Abraham did nothing to incur them. All he did was obey God and believe what God told him. But God enjoyed Abraham so much that he singled him out for great blessings. This is the great posterity for God's friends. Someone might ask, how can I become a friend of God? The answer is important because you don't just decide you're going to become somebody's best friend. Friendship is something that must click. There must be a compatibility of personality, of interest, a certain chemistry that makes friendship a mutually meaningful relationship. God isn't the friend of some of us because he simply can't relate to us. Oh, wow. He knows we love him, but we're so self-absorbed that we keep ourselves at the servant level. Jesus made it clear that the pathway to friendship is through implicit obedience. He said, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you, John 15 and 14. He was saying, as you give yourself to radical obedience, the pathway to friendship with God will open before you. The test of friendship is, will you wait until God tells you what to do? When servants aren't aren't hearing a clear directive from God, they use the best judgment to select the course of action. 
May the Lord help us to learn that our judgment is never best. Service. Okay, what did I must? Somehow another lost it. Oh, because I did read that before. My bad. Okay. Servants can't hear clear directly from God. They use the best judgment and select the course of action. May the Lord help us to learn that our judgment is never best. Servants live by the popular idiom, you can't steer a stationary vehicle, so they figure they need to step out and just do something. A friend, however, waits until he hears from God. His consuming passion is to hear and to obey. Sometimes circumstances scream for immediate action, and there's no word from God. It's midnight, Lord. I have to make a decision. God says nothing. Lord, now it's past midnight. What do you want me to do? Sometimes God waits past midnight because of the discipline of waiting for the master's directive is vital to becoming his friend. This is a fiery test of the servant of God. If he will wait, even past the deadline if need be, he will learn something about friendship with God. We don't decide to become God's friend. God invites us upward to that dimension of relationship. This is a principle of Luke 14 and 10. But when you are invited, go sit down in the Lord's place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. It's an awesome thing when God calls me calls us up higher to the place of friendship with him. Until then, all we can do is give ourselves 100% obedience and ask him to draw us higher. Ultimately, friendship with God is not something we can contrive or manage. We are drawn to friendship by the compelling overtures of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit reveals to us what it means to be a friend of the Almighty God of the universe, a prayer begins to rise in our hearts. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. You cannot plant yourself on higher ground. You can only cry for him to draw you. He places a cry in your heart, and he draws you. Ah. From beginning to end, it is us. It is all of him. Joshua is a great example of a servant who longed to become a friend. This is seen clearly in this verse. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. For servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle, Exodus 33 and 11. Here Moses is rightly called the friend of God. He had come into the highest dimension of intimacy with God face to face. And Joshua is rightly called the servant. Joshua saw Moses' friendship with God, and he yearned to have the same kind of relationship with God. But he realized he had not yet only attained servanthood. He was a young servant of God with lots of vision and energy. But as he watched Moses, he knew there was more. So what did Joshua do? Did he just shrug and say, well, I'm killing myself here. Either God chooses you or he doesn't. No, Joshua pressed him pressed into God for himself. Even after Moses would return to the camp, Joshua did not depart from the tabernacle. This is the John 15 invitation of Jesus. Abide in me. In the final analysis, the is to delight in each other. I want to point to three other qualities that, interestingly enough, characterize friends of God. And he said to them, they made friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom was with them. But the days will come where the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those four through thirty-five. Friends fast. Fasting is the domain of those who have come into true friendship with Jesus. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. After that, after that, and after that, have no more they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is 
still has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Luke 12, 4 through 5. Friends fear Jesus. Friends fear. Jesus said, my friends fear me. Although friends have come into the wonderful intimacy with God, they have not adopted a casual, chummy, or flippant attitude toward him. To the contrary, because they have come to know him, they fear him more than ever. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity, Proverbs 17 and 17. A friend always loves. A friend of God loves God even in the toughest of times. This is the litmus test of friendship with God. Do I still love him even when he allows inexplicable trauma to hit my life? Okay. Becoming his friend. I'm kind of going through the book. Hmm. Do not say I'm God's friend. You can say God is my friend because that would be true. But it's presumptuous to call yourself a friend of God. That is for God to decide. He says who his friends are. Thus, you never see anyone in Scripture claiming to be God's friend. Abraham did not call himself a friend of God. It was God who said that Abraham was his friend. So we can't say that I am God's friend. We can say that God is my friend. And understanding the capacity that we're talking about right now. Because God is the one that makes a decision who he calls to be a friend of his. So all we can do is do that which is before us. And then if and when God chooses us to come up to the next level, then we go. Abraham was called the friend of God, James 2 and 23. He wasn't a man of vision. He was the man to whom God chose to reveal his purposes. God determined that he could confide in Abraham. This is seen so clearly in the following passage. So yesterday he talked about vision versus purpose and how people have visions of this and visions of that, and they set goals and attainments and all this other stuff. But what we need to do is find the purpose of God. Now, God will reveal a vision to you, but when he does, that vision is only... It's going to always line up with God's purposes. So, again, this gets us into spirit, soul, and body, how we need to separate, you know, our spiritual things from, in other words, being led by the spirit by being led by our soul. So we must understand there's a definitely a difference. Genesis 18 and 17, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham should surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations whom the earth should be blessed in him. If I have known him, if I have known him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because the sin is very grave, I'll go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it. That has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the man turned away from there and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood still before the Lord. So he's saying in this passage here that Abraham is his friend because not only will he do what he calls him to do, but his household, he's got his household following after God. So he's passing it down in lineage right there. So that's, again, that's another reason he's calling him to be a friend. So since he's his friend, he confides in him. He's telling him what he's about to do. He's telling him what's going on. And, and that was also a test because, remember, Abraham had Lot down there, so he began to ask God about, you know, what if it's 100? What if it's 50? 
you know, he kept crying out to God about, you know, because he recognized that his um, nephew was down there. Notice two qualities of spiritual fatherhood. Friendship with God in this passage. God chose to confide his purposes to Abraham, and God said, for I have known him. Abraham knew God, and God knew him. So right there we're talking about, you know, God really knows us, but again we're talking about when he chooses us to go to the next level. You know, so that's that intimacy that we talked about on the line the other day. As Abraham grew as Abraham grew in his knowledge of God and God's purpose, okay, do you get that right there? His knowledge of God and God's purposes. See, that's what we have to study. If we don't study, we won't we don't know about God. We have to learn about God. See, that's another thing as far as friendship. You have to learn God, his character, how he does things, how he moves. And that's that's part of the you know of of the of what you need to do in order to grow spiritually. So as you learn these things and then as you begin to apply them to your life. Ooh, Jesus. Mm. Gosada. As you learn these things and as you begin to apply them to your life, then you can begin to see, mm, you know, as you learn these things you begin to apply them in your life, then you begin to, um, you can begin to see how to walk in accordance with God's word. As Abraham grew in his knowledge of God and God's purposes, he eventually came to the place where he was past the ultimate test of friendship. God needed someone who would be prophetically demonstrate many centuries beforehand the eventual death and resurrection of a son. God said, I need someone who will be so surrendered to my purposes that he will obey me even to the point of raising a knife over his only son. In so doing, he'll be an object lesson to show how I will kill my son, my only begotten son. This will require a very extraordinary man, a man who's come to true spiritual fatherhood. If such a man were to be found, he would truly be my friend. That was the ram in the bush scenario. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. Abraham took his teenage son. He wasn't no little tyke. He was his teenage son. So his son had to also be obedient. And then we just hear say that, that his household followed after God. So he took his teenage son as a sacrifice, and God stopped him right before he came down with the knife. And so that was an example of what God would do with Jesus, except when Jesus, he went all the way through the whole process. When God finally made his ultimate request to Abraham, Abraham didn't pause for a moment, but immediately rose up and took his son on a three-day journey to the place where he offered Isaac for a sacrifice to God. When God saw Abraham's implicit obedience, he said, now here's a friend of mine. Abraham didn't ponder, didn't pause. He got up and did what he's called to do. Of course his mind ran. That's his son. That's his only son. Of course his mind ran. But I know one of the things, like, why would God take something away from me that he gave me? What well, you know, but if he's going to do that, then I'm going to trust him in the process. You know, and I, I'm just saying, but think about that. He had to be thinking about that. Why would God give me something and then take it away? That's that again. See, knowing the character of God, that's why again you have to study to show thyself approved and let God reveal these things to you. That's not His character. That's Satan's character. So again, you have to know these things as the Holy Spirit reveals them to you. 
All of us owe our relationship with God to the fact that long ago a man named Abraham became God's friend. Abraham is our spiritual father, and we are his spiritual inheritance. God has a great inheritance reserved for his friends. When you look at the amazing promises that God gave to Abraham, you realize that Abraham did nothing to incur them. All he did was obey God and believe what God told him. But God enjoyed Abraham so much that he singled him out for great blessings. This is a great posterity for God's friends. All he did was obey God. Make it sound so simple. So if it's so simple, why do we struggle with it? All he did was obey God. God told him he's going to have a son. When he was an old man. But now we got to go back to process. Yeah, God told him that. But his faith had not been at the level where it needed to be because he still walked as Abraham, not Abraham. It took him, what, 10, 20 years or whatever before he actually had the son. So the processes that occurred, and it's the same processes that occurred with Abraham, occur with us. When God tells us something, nine times out of ten, it's in the seed form. Then we have to grow in that. We don't need to run out there and just start doing something because we're not ready. But he's telling us, again, or he's a vision, he's putting something before us, so now we get a great understanding. As he, as he begins to move our path in a certain way, we can see why we're going that certain direction. Oh, that makes sense. Well, he told me I was going to be this. Oh, he's told me I was going to do that. That's just like God says you're going to be a veterinarian. Then, you know, he might tell you when you're 10 years old, son, you're going to be a veterinarian. Okay. That's fine. Then you drop out of high school. That's not lining up with the purposes of God. But when you when you go through high school, you get into college, and now you're struggling. Well, God, you said I was going to be a veterinarian, and I'm struggling. Then you can go to him. Would you help me? I can't. If I can't get out of college, I can't become a veterinarian. I need your help. See, that's how we need to approach God. That's what we need to do, brother. God, you say, you know what, this ain't working out and quit. But in, the, in our struggle, see, that's that meekness and the humbleness. In our struggle, God, I'm struggling right now. But, Lord, this is what you said because, people, you're going to struggle in trying to fulfill your destiny. Don't think you're going to. Abraham struggled. Sarah laughed. And then lied. I didn't laugh. You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle because of the flesh nature. You're going to struggle because God has to get you out of flesh. Then you're going to struggle because the enemy's trying to block you from doing what God's called you to do. So struggle is going to be part of the process. we got to get over the fact that we think that God's going to call us to do something and we're going to walk right out there and do it. Majority, Jesus didn't do it. He struggled. The Garden of Gethsemane. He's like, look, Lord, look, I know this sounded good, but, uh, yeah, you got to have another way. So now why do we think that we are, are prepared, anointed, chosen, duh, 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 I'm ready, world. world go, who the hell are you, and what do you want? <clears throat> Fool, go back home. That's literally what's going to happen to you. That's literally what's going to happen to you. When you step out here to do this great and mighty thing, then all of a sudden, nobody shows up. You feel like a nut. You feel like a fool. Well, that's part of the process. Again, going back to friendship with God, going back to trust. Are you going to trust him? 
Well, Lord, you said I was going to do this. Are you going to trust him? Hmm. Let me keep reading. Someone might ask, how can I become a friend of God? The answer is important because you don't just decide you're going to become somebody's best friend. Friendship is something that must click. There must be a compatibility of personality, of interest, a certain chemistry that makes a friendship a mutually meaning relationship. God isn't a friend of some of us because he simply can't relate to us. Ooh. He knows we love him, but we're so self-absorbed that we keep ourselves at the serving level. Ooh. Wow. There must be something to that relationship that you all click. And it's like, oh, no, we just get along. Or we got same interests. Friendship, boyfriend, girlfriend. Erica, get on my nerves. All the doggone time. But I love her. And I'm pretty sure it's the same way. It's just something that clicks. So understand that that why we're not a friend why we're not a friend of God because evidently see God again it's not that God doesn't desire us to come there, but it's in in this scenario is something that we're missing, something that we're not quite there yet, something that's not quite again no flesh is going to glory in His presence. So if you're not a friend of God, you ain't got to look at God. You got to look at yourself and see, we, oh, my God, that is the one thing we do not want to do. And I say it all the time, when it comes to God's promises and his word, if you don't fulfill them, you might as well just go and look in the mirror and say, okay, what is it that I'm doing? But see, we don't want to do that because then that means we'd have to be accountable. That means it might be something that I'm missing, something that I didn't do right. I don't know if I got this from my friend or whatever, but if your best isn't good enough, then you got to find a way to make it better. Oh, I did my best. Well, hell, damn it, you didn't make it. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. You're not accomplishing that what you need to do. Your best just ain't working. So what you gonna do? Oh, right. your best ain't good enough. What you gonna do? See, we don't want to really look at ourselves. And become accountable and, and evaluate and make the necessary changes. We want to blame somebody else or something. Else. No, no, no. We got to take a look at ourselves, especially when it comes to the application of God's word. If something's not working in your life, when it comes to the word of God, it's something that you're missing. Now, what it is, it could be a wide variety of different things. But I'm telling you this, it's going to come back down to you. See, God's word will not come back to him, boy. If it, God is not a man, that he should lie. All that is written, but see, you got to even come to the under, point of understanding that so you can walk in it. And it's going to be challenging. And some of us literally just going to quit in the middle of the walk. I'm going to be real with you. Some of us are going to say, you know what? No, uh-uh, uh-uh. Just come to the conclusion, I quit. I got tired. I got frustrated. And I said, to hell with all of it. Just be real. Because, see, what's going to happen when we get to on the other side of eternity, all of those reasons that we didn't do this, all these reasons that we, this didn't happen, now, God, it's going to be excuses. Well, like the book we read, well, didn't you read my book? Well, God, no. See, we all of this stuff that we said, we, <laughs> please, 
You're going to be in front of him. You're going to be like, oh. <clears throat> it's in this book. And it's not to be judgmental or harsh, but it's to be real. But, again, that's something that we will we'll pass on and we'll over. Nah, no, 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 no. It's something that you're not doing. Now, what is it? That's why I always come back to say your mentor, your Holy Ghost, that one-on-one, that's his job, and he's more than happy and willing to begin to show you. Now, you might not like what he tells you. He, you might not like what he takes you through. And 99.9% of the time it's going to be against the grain of what you think, what you feel, what somebody else told you. Begin, because as you draw close to the guy, the majority of the people aren't there. So how can they tell you about something when they're not there themselves? They're not even on the pathway. They don't even understand spirit, soul, and body. See, they're lacking in all this understanding, but yet they're going to critique what you're doing? Now, I'm not trying to say that to be judgmental, but again, putting things in perspective. Now, is that to say that you ignore them? No. You always listen because there might be a nugget, there might be a grain of truth, and you might need that. So you must always learn to listen and keep yourself humble and submissive. But you've got to always go back before the Father. Okay, I'm going to just keep reading. Jesus made it clear that the pathway to friendship is through implicit obedience. He said, you are my friend if you do whatever I command you, John 15 and 14. He was saying, as you give yourself to radical obedience, radical obedience, radical obedience, the pathway to friendship with God will open before you. The test of friendship is, will you wait until God tells you what to do? That's the right, I'm a, that, that is right there. Well, a lot of us are going to miss it. Will you wait until God tells you what to do? When the servants aren't hearing a clear directive from God, they use the best judgment and select a course of action. May the Lord help us to learn that our judgment is never best. Servants live by the popular idiom, you can't steer a stationary vehicle, so they figure they need to step out and just do something. A friend, however, waits until he hears from God. His consuming passion is to hear and obey. That, that That's right there. Well, you wait until God tells you what to do. That's why most of us are going to miss it right there. Because it sounds so simple. It sounds so easy until the lights are getting turned off. You ain't got no money for this. That's going to hell. This is going crazy. And you sitting up there standing. Now people are looking at you like you're crazy. You ain't going to do nothing. What's wrong with you? Job's wife said, curse God and die, dude. Do you know how much, again, we we were talking yesterday about being still and understanding that being still is different from just sitting and just twiddling your thumbs. It's challenging. And you, at that point, you've got to know God's voice because you're going to be challenged. I'll just keep reading because y'all don't want to hear that. Sometimes circumstances scream for immediate action, and there's no word from God. It's midnight, Lord. I have to make a decision. God says nothing. Lord, now it's past midnight. What do you want me to do? Sometimes God waits past midnight 
because the discipline. Y'all got that one word right there. The discipline. One more time. I want to make sure you hear that word. The discipline of waiting for the master's directive is vital to becoming his friend. The discipline. You ever seen some of these dog shows where they're training the dog and then they go to the house, the dog's all over the place? And so here comes the dog whisperer. So the dog whisperer comes in and he begins to befriend the dog and he takes over and he trains the dog. And then, you know, dog barks at everybody running. Now, after the dog whisperer gets there, then the dog whisperer gets the dog to sit still. Then the dog whisperer gets the dog to sit still and brings other dogs around. The discipline of sitting still and waiting when you want to get up and do something else. Do you know God tests that? Are you ready? Because, see, when you get into the fiery trials, and God tells you to do something. You got to be like Abraham. Abraham didn't pause. He just got up and moved. Are you ready? Are you willing? So he has to train and test you way beforehand before you can even get to that other level. And But see, that, that requires so much more from us. And in all honesty, why, oh, mm, mm. why does he tell you the peace that surpasses all understanding? Come on now. I got to go back to Erica here. Why does he tell you the peace that surpasses all understanding? Because in order for you to sit still and wait on God when it don't make no rational sense, when everything else is telling you something different, you need something that surpasses your natural understanding. You need something that's going to give you, empower you to stand and to stand there for when everything and everybody else is telling you to move. But God has not yet given you clear direction, and you got to sit and wait. You need something that's going to hold you. And see, that's where the peace that surpasses all understanding comes into play. Because even in your own rational mind, what I'm doing don't make no sense. And your spirit says, yeah, but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the kind of level that God needs you to be at. But he's got to train you to get you there and test you. Okay, I'll just keep reading because y'all want to hear that. Don't decide to become God's friend. God invites us upward to that dimension of relationship. It's the principle of Luke 14.10. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. It's an awesome thing when God calls us up higher to the place of friendship with him. So you go and you sit back. See, now Erica and Lisa sit in the back because they be trying to scare, you know, get up out of there early. Lisa's scared she might get the Holy Ghost and so she don't want nobody to see her. Erica be like, I don't want to be bothered in that way, you know, mm-hmm. But then Jesus comes in the room and says, nah, uh-uh, I got y'all. Mm-mm. Come on up here. Oh, really? R- really? I don't want, uh-huh. But see, 
I need you up here closer to me. I need you to see everything that's going on up here because, see, this is where the action is at. So I'm drawing you up higher, friend. I am classifying you as my friend. I am calling you up higher. Come up higher and sit with me. Until then, all we can do is give ourselves to 100% obedience and ask him to draw us higher. Ultimately, friendship with God is not something we can contrive or manage. We are drawn into friendship by the compelling overtures of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit reveals to us what it means to be a friend of the Almighty God of the universe, a prayer begins to rise in our hearts. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. You cannot plant yourself on higher ground. You can only cry for him to draw you. He places a cry in your heart and he draws you. From beginning to end, it is all of him. Plant my feet on higher ground. And that's another another idiom or whatever that word is we say. I need to pick my pick myself up by my bootstraps. Have you really bent yourself over and tried to pick yourself up by your bootstraps? Kind of hard. Kind of hard. You know, we're so used to self-flesh and everything that, that you know, we the well, of course the world's going to say these things, and 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 far as the world is concerned, yes. And it's a sign outside that that's um, I just laugh every time I say it. Leadership is overrated. Follow Jesus. Just so simple. Everybody wants to be a leader. Everybody wants to be the man. The H N I C. God is saying, get over it and follow me. You know, we 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 think we we're so self-absorbed and selfish, and, and, and we don't. I mean, we don't even recognize it or understand it. But I was talking yesterday about you know, um, I don't know. I was talking so much so long to so many people, but you know, about I, I gave a scenario about you know, the hand of the Lord is upon me, and how God really showed me when His hand wasn't upon me, and I got pinned to my bed. We can't even take our next breath unless God gives us the strength to do it. But we don't recognize that. We see again, we're so used to it and we think that we got control. You really don't. A friend of mine woke up dead about a month ago. That's it. When God said, Okay, you're done, there's nothing you can do. So we got to perceive we're so self-conscious and self-absorbed on this side of eternity that 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 we walk in that. And God has to, again, that's why he has to train us, retrain us, and beat it out of us, to be honest with you. Okay, I'll just keep reading. I don't want to hear that. Joshua is a great example of a servant who longed to become a friend. This is seen clearly in this verse. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he will return to the camp. But a servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle, Exodus 33 and 11. Here, Moses rightly called the friend of God. He had come into the highest dimension of intimacy with God face to face. And Joshua was rightly called the servant. Now, I'm just as I'm reading this, and I have to go back in Scripture, I'm saying, wait a minute now. Moses grew, which is what we're supposed to, because... Now it's saying that he spoke to God face to face. Joshua's in the picture, so that means a lot has passed. But I remember when Moses wanted to see God's face, and God said, "No, you can't," and he hit him in the cliff of a rock. 
So that's just coming to me talking about growing. Because now the word of God is saying that Moses spoke to God face to face. Joshua saw Moses' friendship with God, and he yearned to have the same kind of relationship with God. But he realized he had yet only attained servanthood. He was a young servant of God with lots of vision and energy. But as he watched Moses, he knew there was more. So what did Joshua do? Did he just shrug and say, well, no sense in killing myself here. Either God chooses you or he doesn't. No, Joshua pressed into God for himself. Even after Moses would return to the camp, Joshua did not part, depart from the tabernacle. This is the John 15 invitation of Jesus, abide in me. And the final analysis, the chief preoccupation of friends is simply this, to delight in each other. Mm. If you abide in me, I will abide in you. Mm. There's something about just being in the presence of God. That's why, you know, in the line, one of the things we do, we, we, we try to build up his presence, you know, by by reading his word and praising and worship. You, you build up the presence of God, then you flow forth from there. It's something about the presence of God. I want to point three other qualities that, interestingly enough, characterize friends of God. And he said to them, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom was with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. They will fast in those days, Luke 5, 34 and 35. Friends fast. Fasting is the domain of those who have come into true friendship with Jesus. We talked about fasting with Renee yesterday. Fasting is a spiritual weapon. It's a very powerful spiritual weapon. There are different types of fasts. We we have different terminologies, but it breaks down. A normal fast is basically abstaining from water. A partial fast is abstaining from various types of foods for a period of time. And an, ultimate, an absolute fast is abstaining from food and water. So fasting can also be removing yourself. Again, the Holy Spirit, because I'm, I'm going to Pam now, told her to fast from a video game. And it sent her through the roof. She's like, I'm feeding, I'm feeding. Oh, I got a video. <laughs> but I'm telling you, God will have you fast from certain things. Fasting, when it's used, it is to break the power over things over your life. So when, again, that's why when I was talking to Renee yesterday, I said, you talk to God about what type of fast he wants you to do. So that's when you get on your one-on-one, and he'll begin to tell you that. Like I said, Pam, he told us to stop playing video games. See, when he's having you to do something for his specific reasons, he doesn't want things to have control over you, to have power over you, and that's what a lot of things have. And fasting breaks that. Because now you pulled away from it. I know my pastor, my old pastor, he said, because yeah, even we went to some seminar or something, and they were serving food, and he was fasting. And so you're going to be out? He said, no. And he would just literally just go, smell the food, and then just push it away. He would have, he said, that, you know, again, because it was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be, oh, oh, I got to eat. No, I'm not going to do this body, shut up. You know, and it's just that simple. Okay, I'll just keep reading. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that 
have no more than they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he is killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Luke 12, 4 and 5. Friends, fear. Jesus is saying, my friends, fear me. Although friends have come into wonderful intimacy with God, they have adopted a, they have not adopted a casual, chummy, a flippant attitude toward him. To the contrary, because they have come to know him, they fear him more than ever. I always say, I tell you, talk to God, but always reverence him. Again, look like look like this. See, y'all don't understand when I talk about that experience on my bed. Mm. That see y'all, cause see y'all didn't y'all didn't go through it. But that that showed me how much God's power is in my life, and, and the difference of when He touches and when He moves. So no, 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 no. Yeah, God would. It's just like your parents. Like sometimes me and my daughter, and I said, excuse me. And to you know, make sure you understand, I am your father, child. So, you know, we have that one, especially when your kids are getting to a certain age. You know, so you always keep that. That That is your daddy, God. Now, again, I say you talk to him when you don't like it. Tell him you don't like it. Go, God, I don't understand, but do you always keep it in reverence. That is the key. You don't get your hand on. I tell you what. I tell you what. I, I'm gonna need a. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead. Put your hand on your hip and I'll, go. Go right ahead. <laughs> don't listen to me. Try it. You'll like it. I bet you won't do that too often. <sighs> a friend loves at all times, and a brother's born for adversity. Proverbs seventeen and seventeen. A friend always loves. A friend of God loves God, even in the toughest of times. This is a litmus test of friendship with God. Do I still love him, even when he allows inexplicable trauma to hit my life? <clears throat> you know, I, and I, I've talked about it before when um, <clears throat> the ladies in my church told me I was going to go through a whole lot of negativity. I didn't understand it. I just looked at him and said, "Okay, but I, 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 you know, I'll put it in my, my, um, my chest to draw." And it wasn't long after that when all my my life started to spiral down, and and you know, and literally I started just going through one thing. Well, I'm always going through some, but it's just a whole lot of things really just began to happen to me. And they literally told me, they said, this is going to be a test to see if you, you're going to pull away from God. I was, when they said I was like, no, okay, whatever. But after I went through, I, then I began to understand, like, oh, that's what they meant. It's just like me and Eric was messing with Rod yesterday. And, you know, he's asking questions. Like, okay, uh -huh, give, him, give him a little while after this. Now things settle in. And he goes, oh, that's, you know. See, until you go through that, you don't really, again, remember we talked about the friends clicking and, and, and there's a chemistry. Until you experience certain things, nah, you, you can't relate. You don't understand. And, 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 and I know that. And, and somebody, again, because, oh, shit, it's just something that you can see. I, I'm going to go to Eddie Murphy and, and, um, and what's his name? Eddie Murphy and what's his boy? Um, Arsenio Hall, when Arsenio used to have his show, and, they, and they, I was looking at it one time, and he was like, 
Uh, we have to force ourselves to, to, to talk fully because we are around each other so much. We can sit up here and say three or four words and be laughing, and y'all would be clueless about what we're talking about. Because they had that connection, that intimacy with each other that they can, hey, man, did you get mad? And they could just go. But everybody else be looking at what the – perfect example. I'll be at mess with Erica on the line about her situation. Lisa asked me, what's going on with that? So I had to break down what's behind it. Me, it's, it's, you know, there's some things going on, but because of our relationship, that we relate to each other, that with that intimacy, we, you know, we understand each other. So, anyway, that's a lesson. I'm going on mute. Questions, comments, criticism, conclusions. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I don't know, but I'm here. <laughs> it's so good to hear your voice. That's because you didn't hear me this morning because I was running around doing stuff on and off the phone. Oh. Mm. It's always good to hear you, Sam. So I'm not even here. Whatever. Um, hey man, this is funny because it just because I put the I, I ain't gonna lie. I turned on the TV and I went back to sleep. So Arthur <laughs> called me. I had uh, <laughs> he said I had who was a Paula Abdul. I'm with it. Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> oh sure. Um, Mm-hmm. But no, there was just there, there's just like um, a couple of things that you had read that I just was like, wow, um, you know, like the word faith. Mm. You know, um, we separate faith and trust, but they mean the same thing. Really? And mm. and it's like because you have because trust and faith is 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 synonymous. And so we say we have faith in God, and if we're saying we're friends of his, then we have to trust him. It's, it's that kind of thing. They're synonymous. They go hand in hand. So if you say you got faith in him, then you got to trust. But, again, there's levels of friendship. Just like in just like in the natural sense, in your in your in your in your natural friend, there's levels of faith and trust mm. where you can say you're my friend. But they're your surface friend. They know your day to day. You know they know who your kids are, maybe or whatever. They know you at the job. But then you have those friends that know more. They know your parents. They've met your kids. You, you know. Then you have the ones that hang out with you, who who've gone through thick and thin with you. So there are, and those are the levels of faith and trust that we have in God. And it's just like. We can, and, and a lot of times people, and I'm, and I'm making it, I'm saying it for about myself too. There are times when you, like when you're reading, where sometimes I have more faith in things with God and trust Him in more things deeper than other things. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have to learn that, like you said. And so, but the thing is, we have to, we have to stop separating faith and trust. Mm. They're two separate things. They're not. They're synonymous. Mm. I mean, it's like you like you know what friend, but we, we, we use different words now. You we have acquaintances, we have associates, we have friends, and then we have sisters. 
for brother. Where they just, they're just there to take it in, you know. And it goes back to your 130, 60, 12, and, and 1. So it's just like those are the levels that God is looking at us at when he does his litmus test like you were, like you were reading. He's like, okay. And even, even um, Jesus did it with uh, Peter when after he was resurrected and he um, visited them and everything. And he said, Peter, do you love me? And um, the minister that, that spoke about that passage broke it down really good. He Again, he said he asked him three times because the first two times he, wanted, he was telling him, do you love me with that agape love, willing to sacrifice anything and everything for me? But Peter kept responding, I love you enough to maybe, you know, to serve you. I won't say I'll sacrifice everything for you, but I'll serve you. I'm, I'm I'm paraphrasing and I'm I'm doing you know, but that's basically what he was saying. And so Jesus asked him that twice: Do you love me enough to sacrifice? Do you love me enough to to really walk with me the way the way I would you know the way I would walk with you? And both times Peter said, No, I love you enough to be your servant. And so Christ was like, Okay, then I love you know I'll accept that. I'll accept that you love me enough to be my servant. So go feed my sheep, you know. And so but he wants us to go up higher. He wants us to be willing to sacrifice ourselves. That means family, our lives, our goals, our our feelings, our situations. He wants us to sacrifice all of that for him and say, you know what, all to you. And so we, we, he wants us to get to the same point as Christ did and bleed blood and pray and be like, are you sure this is something I have to do, Lord? Like, really, I'm, I mean, you know, can be something else I can I'll get? Because money doesn't do anything for God. You know, okay, you, 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 you volunteered. Okay, that's fine. But what did you sacrifice for him? Did you sacrifice your comfort? Did you sacrifice, you know, that extra hour of sleep? Did you sacrifice that that um that food for him? Did you go and actually go out your comfort zone for him, sacrificing yourself? That's pretty much what he's looking for. And then the other thing you were saying about fear, when they when they translated fear. Fear does not mean to be afraid of him. Fear means to respect him, revere him. So he wants you to respect. Like, like um, for a long time, um, that was that was a big thing a couple of months ago. Uh, some rapper was like, when you say my name, put respect on it. That's what God is saying. When you say my name, when you come to me, put some respect behind it. Fear me. Respect me. And sometimes we get so... We get so um, looking at him through the lens of man, and and looking at him as a man, and not as a, as God, that we lose that we lose that respect and reverence. And he's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, hold up, no, no, like you were saying, okay, you know, like like we do our kids. I don't. I'll joke around with you, and I'll give you everything you need now, but. Watch how you speak. Watch your tone. Watch your attitude. You better respect that this is, I have authority over you. 
and we and we and for some reason because God does not answer our our calls and our prayers, He even told, but He gave us um, the example is Daniel. Was it Daniel? I think it was Daniel. He answers our prayers, but even the angel said he see he told Daniel he was like. When you prayed that prayer, God answered it that day. But I came upon uh, a text from the enemy trying to delay me, trying to, to hinder me from getting your answer to you. So a lot of times God does answer, but because the, the enemy knows that once you receive that answer, you have more trust, more faith, more power, more everything in, in relation to God. He's going to hinder and delay your answer getting to you. And then because of that, he it's a, it's a twofold thing. If he hinders it, it discourages you. If he throws it off course, it discourages you. So his work is done. And all he has to do is tell you, look, God has not answered that prayer. Look at that. You pray for it and he ain't even answered. Your prayers don't go nowhere but to the ceiling. No. If you if you know your faith and trust is in God and he answers you based on your faith and your trust, trust and believe that your answer is coming. But the thing is, but his promises are different. His promises take time because his promises are wider and bigger than anything you can even think of as far as goals are concerned. You might think, I just want to have a store. He might want you to have a franchise. He might want you to have a whole bunch of buildings and everything. But the thing is, he needs you to understand that the process of what happens when you have to fix it up, what happens when you have tenants that don't want to, you know, pay their bill or you have tenants that are very um, needy or you have tenants that are very, um, what's the word, angry and, and um very just mean for no reason, who always have nitpicky things to do. He needs to let you see all of that. So when you have all these buildings under your name and then he's letting you see what kind of workers you need under you, do I need to have, I don't need this kind of worker where I have to go behind him to make sure he did the job. I need to have workers that when I tell him he needs to do X, Y, Z, He's going to do X, Y, Z and not step outside the box. He let the the goals of God and the promises of God, those take the process. But when you ask him for something and he knows that you need it, because the thing is, if you're asking and praying to him in your need and not your want, okay, you want a car. Do you need the car? You already have two. Then no, you don't need a car. You want a car. But if you need a car, he's going he's gonna to answer that prayer. But if there is something attached to the answer where once you get that car, you have already promised that you're going to take your ministry, your ministry is attached to your travel, and he knows that you once you get that car, you're going to go in and around and go into the homeless and whatever, whatever, the enemy will hinder the answer to that prayer and cause all this other stuff wreak more havoc behind it. The money's coming in, and all of a sudden, the roof caves in. 
Somebody gets sick. You you break a leg. Something happens that the enemy you then you know that you're there. You know that the answer is coming. You know that he's that that God has already sent. And, and he's already created what was for you. And the enemy is just like, no, I can't let that get through to him. I can't let that get through to her. Because once it's there, it's a wrap. I no longer have a foothold or a toehold in that area of their life. Because now it's covered under the blood of Yeshua. It's covered under the protection of God. Because now that person is trusting and believing that this is from God. And he's just like, okay, I got, I got to stop it. I got to stop it. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Well, I've already been given, just like, just like in the natural. Once a precedent has been set, I can go back to that precedent over and over again and use that as my end. So, with Job as the precedent, I can come at you with your health. I can come at you with your finances. I can come at you through your family. Even your 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 most closest person, your wife, your husband, your kids, I can come that close to you, but I can't kill you. So therefore, I'm going to come at you with my with guns full blasted all the way, wide open. I'm going to hit something, something that's not covered in your life. Oh, that's covered. Can you hit that? And you might feel it like, wait, whoa. Nope, nope, you can't do that one either. All right. Okay, and then we're going to come at you this way. Oh, wait, whoa. Two years, six months, three strokes, two attacks. Things moving. Everything is for you to get thrown off so you will see and question the love and the mercy and grace of God. And God is just like, hold on, my, my, my son, my, I got your answer coming. They're fighting for you. I'm fighting for you. Jesus is fighting for you. He's telling the angels, just keep fighting. He, he, hey, a thousand, ten thousand, as you continue to pray and go through us, you continue to just hold on. They're coming. The whole purpose is once you, we pray and we believe, we have to hold on. We have to hold on because just like when Peter walked out on water and he started to look at the situation for what it was, just like in the after it's after midnight, it's two o'clock. All right, I'm seeing the sun coming up and I still don't see my answer. And once the sun come up, all the bill, everything is getting shut off. Everything is being, you know, you know, I won't have no water. I won't have no heat. I won't have no light. Lord, and then here he comes, and he's just like, where was your face? I was coming. I was right here. I was standing in front of you. All you had to do was look. You took your eyes off of me. That's why you started to sink. That's why it felt like you were drowning. You took your eyes off of me. Keep your eyes on me, and I swear on my name, I got you. I didn't call you out here for you to death. I didn't call you out here for you to drown. I didn't call you out here for you to just flounder and fail. I didn't. But the thing is, keep your eyes on me, and I got you. And I'm done. I'm going to go.
Okay. Anybody else? Amen. <laughs> I'm going to take the easy route. Amen. Keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pam. You're welcome, please. Okay, Sam, okay, I got to say, I gave you the analogy of uh, movie theaters. The analogy of what? I said, I think about a month ago, I gave you the analogy of being in a movie theater. Oh, okay. Okay, we sit in the front row, and this is with our preferential vision. Okay, we sit in the middle. Okay, it widens our view, but unless if we're willing to really sit back and pay attention, will we get will we get better understanding? But you know, being from our carnal nature, we like to be often personal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so out of that, you don't see what all that's going on. You can't get the whole picture in your eyes because you're too close. But you need to be down there in order to get to what you need to learn. And we, and when we go through being a, when we go through being an Indian or even a foot soldier, we've been put out. We've been put out there. But then too, you still have your connection to look towards to see what else is in front of you that you're not seeing. And to go through this, this is how we're growing. So, like I said, going through the process, process is living. Because after we go through these different processes, we're growing to get a better understanding. But then, too, we have to get that understanding where it's not about us because, um, like it was just said a few minutes ago, if we don't have fear, then we don't have respect, but then we start thinking that it's all about us, and it's not about us. It's about us building that relationship, strengthening that connection in order to go forth and know who we are in order to go and feel the purpose of what we were here for. What we're here for. Because if we keep on just depending on ourselves, we're going to keep on bumping into walls until somebody just turned off the light. Um, before Jesus came, people didn't know no better. They just did for what they felt like they wanted to do. Now with the second coming of Jesus, we can't fall back on we didn't know no better because it was here for us all along. But are we really are we are we really ready to sit down and be cracked open for the better of us to come out? But then us also being knowing and true to the marriage, to the friendship that we have with Jesus and also with God. Okay, I'm finished. I'm going on mute. Okay. Anybody else got anything? Anybody got anything going once? Anybody got anything going twice? 
On three times. Alrighty then. Hook it up. Well, prayer request. Okay, I'll bite the bullet. I'll go first today. Alrighty. Let's pray for Pamela. The reality of things are going to become more apparent to you. The reality of things are going to, it's just, it's just going to begin to get deeper, a deeper understanding, a deeper knowing, a deeper experience. Continue to seek him. <laughs> wow, just like Erica said, you're going to start seeing things and don't discount it. Did I just see that? Did that just really happen? Don't discount it because God is, is taking you deeper. So your experiences will be deeper. Your conversations with him are going to go deeper. <laughs> Your headaches are gonna get bigger. <laughs> My who? Your headaches. Oh. But that's gonna get it's gonna get more until the blockage is gone. Whatever that blockage is, because that's part of your headache because of the flesh and the head and all of that stuff. But when Felicia was talking earlier, something that occurred to me which might help you, because we're talking about having faith. Well, what about having the faith of God? Mm. So one of your confessions needs to be, Lord, help me to have the faith of God. Because I would just probably say that God's faith is a lot bigger than yours. So that needs to be one of your confessions. Father God, continue to impart, strengthen, direct, and speak to your child. Let her continue to rise up to do that which you called her to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Okay, you said my confession needs to be what again? For you, the faith of God. For me to have the faith of God? Yes. Not faith in God. I mean, I'm, I want you to understand. Because, see, we always talk about faith. You know, you need to have faith. Or faith is this, or faith is that. And then we got different levels of faith. Well, I would say the ultimate faith would be having the faith of God, and that is scriptural. You got the same kind of faith that God has. And that's like when we were reading yesterday or I can't remember specifically about um, 
was serving a friend or serving is hoping that something's going to happen and a friend expects it to happen. If you got the faith of God, then, well, this is, well, like, like I said, oh, it's got to happen. I, I might not know how, but it's going to manifest. So that will help you in your walk to ask God to give you the God kind of faith that you need. Okay. All right, next. Okay, you can go ahead and um, get me. Okie dokie, Smokey. Okay. <laughs> Chilly with <Willie. laughs> All right, Father God, let me pray for, I'm going to hit your family first. Let me pray for Christy. Shinitambrashirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishirgosishir
I'm hearing diligence, and we talked about, I don't know if you were on these yesterday or day before, that it requires an investment from you. Yes. To, to, to go to the, you know, see, we always design something from God, this, that, and other, but it requires an investment from you because we were talking about friendship on a natural level that even even in that there's an investment of your time, of your of your relationship, and you're doing things you might not want to do but because your friend wants to do. So when we're talking about God and his word, it's going to require an investment from you, and I think if you will look at that in that aspect, that will help you to find the time to do what is needed. I was talking to my hardware guy, and he's not the first person I've heard tell us that, you know, when he first was starting off, you know, he had a little job, and he would put away, like, $50 a week. Then, when, you know, it was he said, you know, well, I, I won't miss this, you know, whatever little money he did. And he did Then when he looked at his bank account, he saw that he had some money, he doubled it. Because, he, you know, now that I see something working for me, uh, I'm even increasing that which I'm putting into it. So I'm telling you, find the time, ask the Holy Spirit to show you how to put it in the time so that you can do what's needed because there's some things that he wants you to do and it's going to come from that. But if you don't take, if you don't make the time to make the investment, then he has nothing to work with. Okay. So okay. I, I'm not critiquing you. Again, that's why on the call we all have learned to work and move and pray. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I continue to impart and strengthen and hush it go those things that are needed. She can rise up, Lord. to do that what you want to do. In Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 Is that Vanessa from Atlanta? Yes. Hello, sweetheart. Just Pam. How are you? I'm doing just fine. You sounding really good today. Thank you very much. That's because I took off today. <laughs> <laughs> that will do it. <laughs> yeah. So I said, let me join this call. Uh, before I get out in the streets, I got to get my car done, and then I'm going to watch my daughter play uh, volleyball down at her uh, college. Oh, okay. Great. And you've been making time for yourself? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Oh, so that's the case. And you got time to do your scriptures before you leave the house then, right? I do. (laughs) I most certainly do. Oh, no. Yes. I understand. Amen. All right, who's next? I would like prayer, please. I would like prayer, please. Zachary Yes, sir. Kind. No problem. Oh, really? Hmm, really? second, dear.
Okay. I get ready to pray for you, and I'm hearing fear. And but it's, it's an interesting thing, though. It's like fear of of becoming of walking in the fullness of what God calls you to do. Fear of not doing what God calls you to do. Fear of, of, of stepping out and it's, it's just oh okay. So what I'm seeing is you are walking with fear. Now this is the key. Fear is attached and is trying to attach itself to you. You don't give it any time or attention. You keep walking. It is there. We talked about before about that dark presence that's trying to reattach itself to you. Fear is one of those dark, one of those entities. But you keep walking. You keep seeking the Lord. You keep, like you said, Peter, focusing on God. Don't give fear any of your time or attention. I was just talking about the faith of God. You focus on the things that God wants you to focus, see what's going to happen. Okay. Mm. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, wow. Oh. Okay, so we were talking about intimacy with God. And when we have friends, one of the things is we're intimate. They know we know each other. But what happens if you... Quit paying that friend attention over a long period of time. Mm. They walk away. They don't, they don't have commonality. And uh, we were talking about, you talked about the different levels of friends, acquaintances, work friends, job friends, you know, my boy and my girl, that, that type of thing. Well, because of we are growing, there are transitions in our life where we outgrow some of our friends that we've had or we've been around because we, we're growing one on another path. But what I see, why fear is walking alongside of you is because you in the past have been so intimate with him that he's there. You know, fear doing this, the fear that might happen, and I can't, you know, what I do. And you would find ways to mask. Like, I think you would have once said, you know, you were shy and then you started to do something else another way. And we were like, it's the same thing, just a different manifestation. So since you have been so intimately involved with fear so many years of your life, that's why fear is like, hey, I'm here. But, again, if you keep growing in faith, and you keep walking and doing that which God's calling you to do, you're outgrowing fear. Fear will no longer have any attachment to you, and it will soon just turn away because there's nothing for him to do. Because, see, when you turn to him and start dealing with him, and I'm going to rebuke fear, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that, now you're at least giving fear something to do. You're giving him something there. But if you're like, whatever, dude, I got stuff to do. And you focus on God, when it, then he, he is like, why, why am I even here? Okay. So keep pressing, keep walking, keep seeking God, keep and letting the Holy Spirit reveal things to you, and then just 
the power of God is increasing in your life, and that's going to definitely repel fear. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. That makes sense to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I feel you could could you really relate, I guess is what I'm really saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Because I I, I gotta be honest, like yesterday, like the last not even yesterday, today is what, Thursday, so like the last couple of days, you know, um, that's why I, I believe God led me to go and, um, and you know, and, and do the first day of school with Lisa so I can see it because I did, I felt myself going, doing old habits, old habits. Old, old habits just trying to, to come back, you know. And yeah, so okay, okay. And see, now this is key too. When we begin to really see and learn and how we move and operate, one of the keys to breaking out of that. Okay, if I know that I, if I'm a person that sits and likes to sit and procrastinate, okay, my key is just just do it. Force myself, do it. Get up, move. Now, if I'm a person who likes to jump out there and just do things without preparing, then I force myself, no, stop and read, Sam, nothing. So a lot of times to break our habits and the things we've been ingrained in, do the exact opposite and just move. Or, you know, so I'm saying because, you know, I know you used to like to read and procrastinate and all that stuff. Now, just, just, just I got to go. I got to go. Make yourself Get out there and do whatever it is rather than try and see. I'm going to tell you another thing, too. Preparation is a sign of fear. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> Surely, dear. Even though you already know, but I'll go ahead. I would wow. agree with that statement. It's a sign of fear. Because it makes sense to prepare for whatever it is that we're getting ready to do. And that's very, very true. But when I got to, oh, let me go do this first. Oh, I ain't ready yet. Oh, I still need this. Oh, I need that. Oh, it's one more thing, and now I done wasted a whole day getting ready. And that day turns to two. And then I got to go read another book. And I got to... That that ain't preparation. That That's fear. That's procrastination. That's finding... Yeah, here we go. It's surgery time. You wasn't. Yeah, I thought we were gonna get off easy. Now I'll sign the surgery time again. Here we go. You did. Man, I hit it right on the head. I I just needed to hear it. Okay. Now I'm gonna pray. You know, we talk about. I told you before. I, I'm me having different alarms. Uh huh. When I, you know, hear different things attacking me, coming on me, whatever. I'm going to pray for you so that when you find yourself getting, when you find yourself pulling or going back 
too far or moving in a direction like fear, procrastinate, I'm going to pray for you that, that, that something will alarm you and tell you that you got to move right now, that you got to change your course so that you don't get too lackadaisical because fear, see, you are in a very, right now, the phase of your walk is very choppy waters. Mm. Okay. Because years of jobs, sedentary, stationary, and trusting and relying on that compared to a few months of walking out on my own, you you already see how the scales are weighed differently? Mm-hmm. And now you're entering into those waters, those choppy waters, and and that's another reason why fear is so prevalent. Fear is just waiting for you to come back to him because you see the danger. Ooh. Mm-hmm. See, it's a difference, like we talked about yesterday and about children, you know, children that hold their parents' hand. They're like my daughter, when she got ready to go to college, all of a sudden she began to see another level of danger. You know, now children are holding their parents' hands crossing the street because they're trusting their parent to get them across. But now when they got to learn how to do it themselves, that's another level of danger. See, God is not allowing you not to be aware of what's going on. Ooh, Jesus. He is purposely removing the blindfold from your eyes so that you see what's going on. Now, I'll be, be also him being God, you don't see fully uh, everything. Mm-hmm. But he's letting you show you enough, which is coming back to that one, one thing you said, will you trust me? Why would I have you start something that I'm going to allow you to fail in? Will you trust me through the processes? Oh, Jesus, girl, please. Oh, Lord. Mm. I'm sorry. You're getting ate up. I know. I can, I can feel it in me. Will you trust me when I'm telling you to do this? Will you trust me for the outcome? Will you trust me for the provision? Will you trust me for the turnaround? Will you trust me for the breakthrough? When you're walking in lack and you don't have enough, will you trust me to provide food, shelter, clothing for you and your family? See, now as a mother, I'm a family, that's a whole nother level there. That's a whole nother level there. But God says, I'm still God. All that words you've been reading now, apply, stand on it. Now, what are you gonna do again? Are you gonna are you gonna believe that my word is true? Are you gonna believe that it will not come back to me? Are you gonna believe that I will show up in the proper time to to take care of you? Mm, mm, mm. You too need to. You too, your confession needs to be. God help me to have the faith of God. That needs to be your confession as well. Cause see. He's got to grow you out of fear, but he's doing it his divine way. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry. Mm. 
And you and your daddy, I'm talking about your earthly father. Oh, Ooh, girl, I'm sorry. I thought we was going to get off the phone early, but God, see, that's why I didn't got to say it out of my mouth. Y'all got some issues that have to be for you and for him. And in his proper time, he's going to bring you all face-to-face where you all will communicate and open up because it's it's a lot there. Again, we're talking about blockages. It's a lot there that's blocking a whole lot of other stuff. You're unaware of. So in God's, mm, 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 in his divine plan, his divine timing, when he brings you all face-to-face to bump it, then it's a purpose behind it. It's not fleshly. Though your flesh is going to rile, you keep it down hear from your spirit so you can see what it is that God needs you to see. So then that will give you the strength and the ability to, Father God, to press on and to break the yokes and the off of your life and your family's life so you can walk in the manifestation and the abundance and the overflow. So not only will you be able to do it for yourself, then you will be able to divinely see it in others. Come on now, Jesus. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ooh, God. See, you mm, something else, too. Oh, God. God shows you visions of who, what, and how, what you want you to do, and you say, no, Amy, that's something else you're scared of. <laughs> that ain't me. I can't do that. I don't know. No, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> and I believe he has stopped showing them to you as much as he had. I think at one point in time, you were constantly just seeing this, seeing this, and seeing that. But now it's not as much. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. Purposes. For one, well, what he needed to do has been established. Two, you ain't doing nothing but running from it anyway. But recognize that it ain't went nowhere. Recognize that he's still preparing and growing and moving you toward it. <laughs> oh, okay, you. I'm done. Amen. <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry. I was leaving and telling my dog to be good. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
and you're not a leader. You're following what your master tells you to do. Now, if your master tells you to tell somebody else to do something, if your master tells you, well, look, you come on and follow me as I follow Christ, uh-oh, come on now. Uh-huh. You're not leading, you're following, and they're following you. That's that, and you know, and you know what? That's even better. You know why? Because whoever God touches you to touch, and you get them to walk in the same manner after you, as you're training them to do what you're doing. You're training them to be led by the spirit and not by the flesh. Mm. Because let's get it again. Think about this as we're learning spirit, soul, and body. If I am a leader, then there's some some aspect of me that's saying I and I'm leading. Again, spirit, soul, and body as we're supposed to be we're supposed to be followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. The head with the body. So now in whatever portion of the body that I am, in whatever capacity I'm feeling, I'm trying to do that to my utmost. But am I telling the body what to do? No. I am spending my time trying to seek and hear from the master. I'm spending my time trying to hear what he's doing. What did we talk about yesterday about cooperative prayer? I'm spending my time, my effort, to try to hear what daddy God's doing so that I can just line up in his plan. Now, I'll tell you because maybe you don't, you, you don't see or understand and you're not there. So as he tells me information, I'm going to tell you, but I'm not leading. I'm following my daddy God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Is she down a rabbit hole, pal? <laughs> no, I think she can feel. <laughs> Looking for what? What's the what's the uh, what's the what's the guy with the hat? The Mad Hatter. <laughs> yeah. It's Mad Hatter and the Crazy Rabbit. So is that his name, Alice? Huh? Oh, so is that his name, Alice? <laughs> I don't know. She got she get a lot of names. Let's pray. Heartbreaker. Yeah, we can go with Alice. Why not? <laughs> I'm headed into series, guys. You all have a great day. All right, now. Don't go too bad. Bye. All right. Have a good one. All right, then. All right. Anybody else want prayer?
Mm-hmm. Okay, will somebody pray for me when we get out of here? Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for another day, another day where we were gathered in your name and you came and you sat with us and you showed us who you are and the reading and the prayers and the encouraging words. Lord, we pray for Sam right now and all that he has given out to us today, oh God, we ask that you are pour back into him a hundredfold, oh God. As he goes forth the rest of his day, we ask that you watch over his hand. We speak that no weapon formed against him shall prosper. No weapon of sickness, illness, disease, infection, plague, from bacteria, viruses, chemical, fungal, man-made, bug bites, or parasites. Lord, we ask that you will watch him. No spirits, accidents, or violence shall come against him and prosper. Keep his 270 years under the house, oh God. Keep them in perfect peace today, giving him time to get all that he needs to get done today done. Everyone that's helping him today work, all of his workers, let them hear and do as instructed, help them to be able to work in peace. Help everything that he does today prosper, oh God, let it only have to be done once. No do-overs. Lord, help him in the time. Help him to be able to complete everything that he has on his list of things to do today and still have time to rest and still have time to come before you and just have that one-on-one, that complete um, still moment, even if it's just five or ten minutes, oh God. We ask that you would continue to watch over his daughter as she's away at school. Give him peace of mind on that, oh God. Cover her up with her hedge of protection, oh God. We stand in agreement with her prayers that even as she sees and hears that she uh, she um, remembers to call on you, her heavenly father, and Sam, her earthly father, as she prays and cries out for what she sees. So she can walk circumspectly, making sure that her feet are planted continually on good and blessed ground. Lord, we pray for Sam's friends at seven degrees of separation, that no one um, no from against them prospers, that their day is full of peace, that he gets no calls today that will draw from him more than he's already given out today. Give him this day, oh God, his daily bread. And we just thank you in advance for the blessing that he will receive today. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. 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 Everybody have a blessed day. Okie dokie, Smokey. Bye. Blessed one, I'll be in
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.